Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their adversity that each one of us experience and share their story to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator an opportunities designer and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is Dr. Leland from Level Up Academy. Today, I have a very special guest. Introduce yourself to my listeners. Hello, my name is Billy Lahr, and I am the host of the Mindful Midlife Crisis podcast, and you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Welcome, Billy, to Level Up. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, give me a synopsis in, like, the last 20 years of your life. Oh, my goodness, the last 20 years. That's, uh, okay. So, I actually have been working in education for the last 21 years. I Worked for 15 years as a high school English teacher in Minnesota, and then I made the leap over to being a dean of students. And <laughs> you know, I, you know, I I landed in the right position for me. I remember going to my 10-year high school reunion, and a guy said, "You know, Laura, I'm not surprised that you are a teacher. I could have told you that you were going to be a teacher back when you were in third grade." And I was like, "What?" And he's like. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. You were going to be a teacher. So I'm glad that I, I figured that out early. And my dad used to tell me, I hope you're a good teacher because you will starve if you have to do anything else. So, <laughs> so that is an interesting transition to where I am now because now I am trying to figure out what it is I want to do because I left the education profession. I took a leave of absence, and that eventually turned into – a resignation. And during that leave, my whole goal was to just travel around and get in adventures. And that's what I did. I went to Portugal for two months. I went to Spain for two weeks. One of my goals is to paddleboard off the coast of every continent. So I took a little side trip to Dakar, Senegal and paddleboarded off the coast of Africa, came back to the States for a little bit just to regroup, went to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for a month, and then ended up in Seoul, South Korea. What I ended up in South Korea for three months, and I spent two of those months in Seoul and bounced around places like Jeju Island and Busan. So now I'm back in the United States, and I decided to sell my condo, and I am moving back to Seoul indefinitely in the fall and trying to figure out what direction to take my life because I don't I don't want to go back into education, but I would kind of as a placeholder because right now my friend Jill Daler and I are working on a program to help people become more mindfully aware of their thoughts and their behaviors so that they can carve out a more fulfilling and purpose-filled life. Yeah, I actually love that because you are saying, I don't really want to be in education, but I'm creating a program technically you are in education, but in a different 
segment, right? I call it like a different domain because I think for us teachers, we have a different skill and, and helping others comes naturally for us really at the, at the end of the day. But we don't want to be pigeonholed as like, yes, I'm in K-12. Yes, I'm in higher ed, right? We don't want to pigeonhole ourselves because I think we can do better when we own our own time and we own our own parameters of what we want to teach, really, for people that we're passionate about. That's what I see uh, in you. Now, tell me a little bit about mindfulness uh, program. Like, what are your thoughts on that? How would you offer that to business leaders or to just individuals? Yeah, I'll kind of give you my backstory with how I got into mindfulness. So when I was working at the high school teaching English, I was working in an alternative program. And students come to you with a lot of social, emotional, socioeconomic Uh, behavioral, academic needs, and I just wasn't in a good place mentally. I was really struggling, and if if you're going to be working with an at-risk population, you yourself need to be a pillar of support, and I wasn't that. You know, they don't say pour from an, you know, they say don't pour from an empty cup. I was pouring from an empty cup every day, all day, and there was this toxic wave that was just washing over them and then their negativity was washing over me and it just was a it wasn't a very healthy environment and you know I can look back on that and say that I wasn't the best version of myself for those students and I mean granted the students weren't the best versions of them themselves either but they were teenagers you know and, and they were teenagers in in precarious situations as well, things that, you know, as a, a, a white male who with privilege probably didn't really understand at that time, right? And so kind of grappling with that too. So my anxiety level and my depression levels really started to build and build and build to a point where I was starting to have some pretty dark thoughts and and some more permanent thoughts, you know, we'll put it that way. And luckily, I, I, my best friend has his PhD in forensic neuropsychology. I'm having this conversation with him, and he's like, you need to go to therapy. You, this, you just need to go to talk to somebody. And he, I sent him a list of, of therapists that I was considering, and he picked the one for me just because we've known each other for you know half our lives, over half our lives. And I started working with her. And I told her right off the bat that I wasn't interested in medication. And she said, no, we're going to do meditation instead. And that helped me uncover the somatic experience of an anxiety attack. So I started to be able to feel it in my body when it started to begin or when it started to build so that I could start doing self-talk in a way that allowed me to manage those anxiety attacks because I'd be standing up at the front of the room babbling on about Romeo and Juliet and all of a sudden anxiety attack would hit me and I needed, I needed to manage that in the moment. So it was just kind of a, you know, as I'm relaying the information to the students, having self-talk in my head saying, Hey, you know, this feeling, this is what an anxiety attack feels like. So now that you are aware of it, and you've built awareness around how it feels in your body and you call an attention to it, let's keep it right about here, 
right let's just keep it about here and then we'll get the students on their way and then you can go back to your desk and you can maybe do some breathing exercises to rein that in so that you don't project this anxiety and you don't project whatever frustrations you're having that were really subliminal I, in the moment. I didn't realize what they were so that, you know, it, it didn't create a blow up in the classroom. So I think it's really important for all people to really recognize that somatic experience in your body of when you are starting to have anxiety or when you are starting to have moments of self-doubt and recognize that those are just thoughts. You're, you are saying, rather than saying, oh, I'm, I'm worthless, or I, you change that to, I'm feeling worthless. So what, you know, where is that coming from? And you might not have time to psychoanalyze right in the moment right there, but you might be able to identify that I'm feeling worthless right now. I'm going to put this in a parking lot. I'm going to put this thought in a parking lot right now, and I'm going to revisit it here in a little bit, and I'm going to keep this experience that I'm having at bay so that I can continue on. You're not pushing through it and then forgetting about it. You're going to go and revisit it and understand where that was coming from. And I think that that's really important in the self-reflection phase because that's how we learn from the moment and that's how we grow from the moment. And that's what the program that we're working on is called Reflect, Learn, Grow. I like that. Um, I like it because you're not putting it under the rug. You're recognizing it. But at the moment, you're just pinning it. Like, let's pin it here. And then it's like a map, right? You pin where you came from. And then you're like, oh, I really like that place. Let me go back to that. In this situation, oh, I really don't like that feeling. I'm going to go back to that and see what's happening and just kind of look at it. That's pretty cool. What kind of skills can you give my listeners if they have self-doubt? Let's be honest. Everyone, including myself, have self-doubt have a moment of low part of your life. I, I was talking to my students yesterday when I was talking about being self-aware. I always tell them, hey, you either are fighting for your potential or you're fighting for your limitations. Two choices. Every single time you choose. Is this fighting for my potential to grow or is this fighting for my limitations because I'm stubborn as a mule? Really, right? That's the end of the day. There's only two. Don't complicate it. And so... And you have to be honest with yourself because there's nobody else. You can tell your spouse, your children, whatever you're feeling, but is that really how you really, truly feel deep inside? You are the only one who knows that, right? Yeah. 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 And I would say that changing your language around, kind of like I said, rather than saying I am this to I am feeling this and what is causing this, the reality is you got to this point somehow you have some skill set, you have some strengths that got you to this point at now. So let's take a look at, hey, what have you done that's been successful up to this point? And use that to push you through whatever those sticking points are when you're starting to feel that self-doubt. I also think too, we are so limited in our language in terms of how we express particularly emotion and we resort to happy sad mad if you do an emotional inventory around how you're feeling in a moment 
that will bring more enlightenment to you and more understanding to you so that you can actually communicate that in a more specific way and to me that's so crucial i taught english so you're really working on building a vocabulary so that you can commute communicate clearly what it is that you are experiencing what it is that you are feeling and then acknowledging that those are feelings and those feelings you know they're warranted but they're also feelings now how do you use those to put yourself into action so that you avoid inaction mm. I like that. The, when you're talking, I was thinking of like grocery shopping analogy. I'm a visual learner and I'm a kinesthetic learner as well. So I'm like, okay, how do I understand in my head? So I'm thinking grocery shopping. And you're probably thinking, what do you mean, CJ, grocery shopping? To me, when you were talking about your story about projection from your students' negativity and then through you and you have your own internal negativity already, it's like grocery shopping. You know you only need a bread and egg and you come out with a whole bunch of other nonsense, right? That's the same thing when you're talking to your student, they're talking to you about one thing and then they tell you your whole negative life story and you're you're picking up all those negativity. But your solution is, okay, how about let's organize where the dairy goes, right? This negative feeling, it's just a feeling, it's not permanent. Let's put it on this aisle of let's pin it for now and we're going to go to it later. And then in the, you know, in the veggie drawer, let's go ahead and take care of that now because something that we can take care of it now, right? It's like an immediate thing and urgent, but not immediate or an immediate and urgent at the same time. So that's how I'm feeling like, okay, you're organizing your feelings and then you're basically grabbing all the tools that you need to process by growing your mind and digging deep about yourself so that you can have coping skills. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, well, and to take your to take your grocery list metaphor to another level, being an English teacher, so of course I'm yeah. <laughs> to take it to another level. I guess I want to be then the cookbook. I want to be the recipe book because maybe you did just go for eggs and bread, and you wound up with noodles and asparagus and all these things that you're like, oh, wait a minute, did I, I don't know if I need all this. Yeah. Now I've come home with $200 worth of groceries and I don't even know how to cook this stuff, right? So you have all these things and maybe they don't look like they go together. That's where I want to come in. And that's where I want to be in the cookbook and say, all right, you have this ingredient and you have this ingredient and you have this ingredient. Let's make a goulash. Let's make a, a, what you call them casseroles. I'd call them a hot dish. Right? <laughs> so let's make, let's make something of this so that there's a practicality around all of it. We all have these transferable skills. So that's what we should be building. We should be building transferable skills. I'm not a big fan of the, of the follow your dreams, follow your passions as career advice because I think it's very limited I think what we need to do is we need to figure out what we're good at and then build from there. And to me, that is what I want to do. I want to be that cookbook. I want to be, and let them be the chef, you know, and listen, I followed recipes before and it's turned out to be a disaster. So then you learn from that so that the next time you make it, 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 it tastes a little bit better or you, you, maybe you just needed a little bit of salt, that kind of thing. And that's sort of what I want to help people figure out in that moment. 
I love it. Just providing tools that you may or may not need today or tomorrow, but at least it's available for you. But also focusing on what do you want to eat today, right? What do you want to take care of today, CJ? You know, like seriously. Um, And I think that's great. Now, I think this would be great for business leaders who are burnout right now, right? There's a lot of burnout leaders out there that's trying their best to balance between life, reality, Zoom, family, everything else, and they put themselves last. And it it will come to a point where that glass is so full, it's just oozing negativity, negativity at this point. How would you help business leaders today to figure out like tools to cope with changes or pressure? What I would say is I often think that business leaders look for ways to help their employees to avoid a burnout and they don't employ those same strategies themselves. So they kind of look at this approach with, um, we're going to sprinkle a little mindfulness. We're going to offer these growth opportunities for the employees. Well, wait a minute, what are you doing for yourself? Right? Like, yes, you are in this leadership position, but are you saying that you've outgrown growth materials, that you've outgrown the ability to reflect those sort of things? No, of course not. So you need to be make sure that if you're going to suggest it to your employees, that you yourself are also doing it. I, I don't think, I think too often we look at mindfulness as a solution to to relieving stress that doesn't change the environment around us, right? What we need to do is we need to use mindfulness in a way that creates awareness of what is happening around us so that we can change those systems that are in place that are holding us as individuals back, that are holding back leaders and their companies from growing from societal issues, right? That, and I think too that uh, mindfulness kinds of gets a, a, a bad rap for, for creating a sense of complacency mm-hmm. where it's numbing people. And that's really not what we want. What we want is we want to develop an awareness of how we can, first of all, tend to ourselves And then once we tend to ourselves, if we so choose, see the world in more of an understanding way so that we can address where some of these inconsistencies or these obstacles so that we can make things better, right? That we're not just doing it selfishly. And not not to say that being selfish with mindfulness is a bad thing. It's actually a very healthy thing to take the time to say, I need to get right. But as a business leader, you need to say, I need to get right because I'm leading the rest of the the people here. So that's really important for, for our business leaders and just people in general, leaders in general. Good Lord, Washington could use all sorts of uh, <laughs> strategies here. Yeah. In, in order to, in order to really see the bigger picture outside of outside of once they've gained clarity within themselves yeah 
I actually don't, uh, when I talk to my team, I said it's okay to do self-care because I think when I use like, oh yeah, just go ahead and be selfish in yourself, they kind of have that negativity look on me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch my words. It's not selfish actually to take care of yourself because if without you, let's say that you're sick right now and you're not able to do anything, what is it good to have a leader who can't function? It's not. It is not selfish. It's called self-care. You need to put yourself first not because you want to be, you know, arrogant and all this and all this selfishness. It's not. It's called basic human self-care. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Like, you have to get that and be intentional on yourself before you take care. And I think most of us always think about others before we take care of ourselves because that's the right thing to do, right? And we have these leaders now like us, like, they, you know, they get burned out. And so it's like, oh... But before I end this conversation, I wanted to ask you one last question. I actually was watching the Dalai Lama's interview with NSLS members. And His Holiness Dalai Lama said, change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. So my question to you is, how do you hope to change the world? And what are you doing today that makes an impact on the lives of those around you? You know, the I'll, I'll put it this way: like I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not getting paid to do the podcast that I host, right? I'm not getting paid to do the mindful midlife crisis. In fact, I'm paying to do the mindful same for midlife me. crisis, right? Yeah, right? same for so, me. Yeah. You know, people who are starting podcasts, you know, if you think you're going to get rich and famous, you're not. It's, it's not going to happen. You're no. using it as a tool, maybe to drive uh, your message, that yep. sort of thing, and that's really what I'm trying to do. I love having guests on and then it's, it's selfish for me in a sense that I get to have these great conversations and make these, make these connections with amazing guests. And then when I get to be on a podcast like this one to connect with the amazing host as well. And I only bring on people to the show that I feel have a message that will resonate with our audience. And we, we're kind of geared towards people who are between the ages of 35 and 55, but we feel like our message is universal. We wish people between 25 and 35 would listen to it so we can help them avoid some headache. And really that's what I see my role as. And it's important to me to make sure that I'm not getting the same voices, that I'm elevating people's voices. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you know that 90% of my posts are about my friends' bands. Like, it's not anything that I'm doing. It's about what my friends' bands are doing. I love to promote what other people are doing. And that brings me a lot of joy, is to, is to let the world know that, hey, there's a lot of good going on in this world that you might not be seeing and, you know, you brought up the Dalai Lama. One of my favorite quotes from him is that, you know, the reason why negative things make the news is because it's news, because the goodness of the world is so ubiquitous that when bad things happen, it's newsworthy. So my goal is to just spread more awareness of the good that people are doing, whether it's it's. You know, people who are doing great, great, great things, 
they have their PR team to do that. And so then we fall into this trap of comparison that, well, I'm not living up to that standard right there. And it's like, well, hold on, you, you are doing good things. So I'm going to celebrate that by posting that on my Facebook page or on my Instagram. And when you know, I started off our podcast with just the people in my network that I knew, but I, I felt like I had surrounded myself with a really powerful network of people. I always say that your network equals your net worth. So I just wanted to elevate those people who I knew and then through their connections figure out, oh, wow, you know, I like what this person's message is. Oh, I never thought about this. I want to get that message out too. So I want to spread anything out there that will legitimately help people reflect, learn, and grow in life. That's awesome. One podcast at a time. That's funny that you said that. I'm like, I don't have a PR team. Me, myself, and I, I am a PR, a CEO, a podcast, an auditor. I, I mean, like, I don't have the budget for that. Heck, I'm a teacher, okay? What are you talking about? I don't get paid for my podcast. I want to do it because I want to motivate people to see themselves that sometimes education is the right thing for you to level up. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a higher ed. It could be professional development, it could be anything free that you're learning. Anytime you're learning something, that is leveling up, right? It doesn't have to be accredited or anything like that. Even accreditation is, you know, an opinion of a third party. It's more of opinion to you. Like, are you learning something new that you really get excited about? That's life. That's what life is all about. You can't get education on being happy, right? You can try, um, but it's your preference. So thank you so much for being here today and talking with us. Yeah, absolutely. If people want to follow us on Instagram, they can go to at mindful underscore midlife underscore crisis. We have a Facebook page, the Mindful Midlife Crisis podcast. We have a Twitter that we never use, Mindful Midlife. You can check us out there. The best way to get in contact with us is to go to www.mindfulmidlifecrisis.com. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, we send out weekly meditations every single Sunday. So you can click on contact. You can sign up for that and get in contact with me. If you're thinking this reflect, learn, grow idea is something that you'd be interested in learning more about. I'd love to connect with you that way because we're looking for people to do kind of a, a test run of this program where we, it's a six month program. We're going to condense it into three months just so we can do like a rapid fire and work out any of the issues that are in there. So if that's something that you're interested in, get in contact with me. I'd love to chat with people. Listen, if you, if you can't tell, I'm a pretty intense individual and <laughs> that's why I do mindfulness. So I, I can be at this level of intensity because if I didn't do mindfulness, I would be extremely obnoxious. <laughs> that would be a, a room for us. We'd be like, these two obnoxious people need to calm down. You know, like we're taking over. And what are you talking about? We get energy. Let's go. You know, well, thank you so much. I really love the time that we have. And um, I will post this on LinkedIn. I'll let you know when that will happen. But thank you. Have a wonderful day today. Thank you for having me.
Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua, L-U-A, at levelup by Doc Leland. Doc Leland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D dot com. Lua by Doc Leland dot com is open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in the next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.